The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. What's wrong, Annie? I heard them. I heard them all. They're finished. Every single one of them. And not just the episodes, but the interview. And the builds, too. They're podcasters, and I binge them like a podcast. I love the Dark Times podcast. Welcome back to the Dark Times podcast. Uh, it's Sam and Steven here once again. Why'd you introduce me? I can introduce you. Is that okay, that's fair. Yeah, you know, you're the producer. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm Steven. <laughs> Welcome back to the Dark Times Podcast. And I'm Sam. <laughs> Sam, it's it's been a minute since we've been it's able been to get together and record yet again. Um, my ailments have kept me uh, at bay, but uh, you can't kill this podcaster, let me tell you. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, as much as we can try, yeah, we just yeah, can't we, do it. And we have tried, uh, but it turns out I'm impervious to all forms of, of, of physical damage. <laughs> Uh, let's see. The force is strong with this one for sure. Oh, what do we got on the? You've got a list of things for us. I, I've what's, got what's a little up? bit of an agenda for us because honestly, Sam, it's time to get down to business. Yeah, um, we're fucking. Yes, I agree. <laughs> business time is now. I'm done with fucking sitting around and just waiting for the days to pass by until we could do another fucking episode. So let's fucking do it. All Sorry. Right, yeah, that was that was aggressive, but um. <laughs> But you know, effective. We got, yeah, but effective. We got some emails here that I, I think I think you might like. Uh, let's see. Yes. Here. I got I got some more correspondence from Darth Crate. <laughs> really didn't think we'd hear from this guy again, but uh, but he reached out. I, you know, this starts with what I'm not sure is a typo or not, but I'm going to go ahead and read it as is. Dread podcasters. Hear the words of Darth Crate by the power of the dark side. You know what? Maybe it's a command. Maybe he's telling us to dread. Yeah, dread, dread this. Dread me. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. I will not be tolerating any more disrespect to the rule of one. I get enough of that from my holocrons, and I will not accept it from your like. As you no doubt felt, I have access to the distant power force secret and will not hesitate to punish those who advocate for the flawed rule of two. You know, I think that's when he force choked me the other week. Is that what that was? Yeah, I think that's what that was. I <laughs> be grateful I allow your podcast to be broadcast in the Empire. The music was excellent, though, and your will and focus on the podcast path is worthy of the Sith. <laughs> I earnestly hope you will bring the podcast to the dark side and the one Sith. As the most powerful and accomplished Sith of this, or perhaps any age... I do believe that it is worth having a dark side score equal to your wisdom score. I am glad you approved of my taking whirlwind attack. 
In the first Legacy comic, I got to use it to slay many foes, though I'm concerned that you will think my stats could be used for some lesser random Sith. Why? Yes, I had the last transmission dictated as I have... Well, don't worry about that. (coughs) Spoilers for The Republic 56 and The Legacy 2006 Claws of the Dragon Arc follow, as I am explaining my backstory. When I captured Singh, that's Aura Singh, I spared her life. I was a Jedi then and had to control my passion as was their way. Plus, she was in The Clone Wars, and I'm not legally allowed to mess with that show according to Lucasfilm continuity rules. I am a pure-blood human by birth, as my kind and the Tuscans cannot have hybrid children, though now the Yuuzhan Vong implants are within my body. My eyes were fully open to the might and order of the dark side of the Force during my months, not decade of torture by the Vong. Though I was taught by the Holocron that one of the Gen Jedi and I wanted to use these teachings to punish Vader and Sidious, though Luke Skywalker killed them before I could. Wow. Well, Darth Crate, thank you. Um, as always, honored by by your correspondence. I really appreciate you clarifying those those aspects of your backstory for us in the audience. That's that's really great. I hate to be like the naysayer of Darth Crate and the Rule of One, but yeah, what's up? Why do you think? All right, let's look at that stat block one more time. Let's, let's, let, right, let's, let's pull it up. Let's pull it up. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, let's look at these stats against David. Come on. We got double yeah, attack, up? triple crit, whirlwind attack, melee defense, temptation, visions. What here? No offense. No offense, Mr. Crate. <laughs> but <laughs> what here? I mean, this is all pretty standard, you know, Sith you know, it's just stuff. I feel like I, it's pretty versatile. I, it's not bad to have a well padded out Jedi resume. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just, and, just cause your stat block could be used for a generic Sith. Doesn't necessarily mean you're generic Sith. It's just Sith yeah. excel in, in your particular areas. Exactly. And you are like the apex of what Sith strive to be. Yeah. According to this stat block here. I'm just saying, I just want yeah. to, I just want to clear that up. We are not, there's no hate. There's exclusively like imitation is the best form of flattery. That's what it is. Exactly. Absolutely. And no one knows that better than the Sith. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now we got a message. <laughs> Fuck. We got another message from some, some royalty that this one, this one came in on like a, like a nice, like, I don't know. A satin pillow. Yeah. 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 And like a little like wax seal on the envelope. So I'll, I'll, I'll I'll read this here. Oh, wow. It's classy. She sent a letter and not oh, an email yeah, or a yeah. hollow message. How, how'd she even get our PO box? I, I don't even know. It's <laughs> anyway. It says Marasaya fell on the outside. Can here. I read this one? Yeah, I'll read it. Yeah. Should I, I, said, can I, re- I said, oh. can I read it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you. Yeah, no, please go ahead. Read it. It says sages of the dark times. Greetings. No more honor. Can I? Marasaya Fell, Princess of the True Empire, offer you, as you have most abhorrently allowed the false emperor Darth Crate to use your podcast to spread his vile propaganda. You must correct this at once. Repudiate the one Sith. Once you have done so, 
I wish for you to tell me what the considerations and methodologies of well-run mystery slash murder slash clue-based plots and stories are, both as a player and game master. You know, Marisai, that that's a great idea. We we have yet to dig into Galaxy of Intrigue, which I think like we we really need to one of these days, probably soon. Sam, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but just like general, what sort of tips and tricks can you give to someone trying to do mystery or uh, mystique in their campaign? I mean, I think setting wise, I think you want to include you could do Boff and Spinet. That's always a classic. Something like That's that. That's great. Um, Imperial. What What do they call the ICB? Yeah. I- hey, ICB is really good. ICB campaign would be really fun. I used to play or uh, call Cthulhu. Oh. And they have something in that system called the idea, like you roll to see if you can get an idea, like your like your characters roll a, like one of their stats to see if they can get insp- inspired to kind of catch on to a clue or something like that. Wow. So something like that, maybe have your players roll an intelligence check to see if they missed a crucial clue or something, you know, let them get as far as they can. But ultimately, if they can't find out where that next nugget or the next thread leads then feel free to be like, hey, roll intelligence for me. It's like, oh, you realize you may have missed something among this piece of evidence here. Oh, yeah, that's probably the number one advice I could give, too, is just when they're stuck, ask for a knowledge check and nudge them just a little bit. Yeah, Uh, take take from what you know and from what you've read. Uh, It doesn't have to be Star Wars media, obviously, but any sort of like mystery thing or anything like that, you totally bring that influence into your game really easily. Absolutely. Especially stuff like, Cthulhu mythos stuff where you can totally bring that into unknown regions level of weird force secrets beyond uh, the reach of the Jedi and the Sith, something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Miss Fell, thank you so much for your correspondence and please expect to hear more on what it means to do sort of that deep undercover or mystery murder mystery stuff in Swiss. Uh, yeah. Sam and I will go back to the drawing board on this one and, and come back probably by what you say next week with some, some true good, uh, good nuggets of knowledge about galaxy of intrigue and, and how you run a, a mystery murder clue based plot. Cause uh, it can be hard. Shit goes over people's heads, especially RPG players. I mean, come on. Get another email. Yeah. we got a PM from Pim here. Hey guys, loving the show so far. I have a question though. Coming from White Wolf games, such as Vampire the Masquerade or Exalted, I've been preparing to run my first game of Swissy for a 5e group that is yet to branch out to something else. Oh, no way. In the spirit of just winging it and not having much experience leading the games that require maps, I ask you, how well does Swissy lend itself to playing in the mind's eye slash theater? I think he means theater of the mind there. Keep it up. Wouldn't be starting a story for my group without the podcast. Hey, Pim, thanks so much. Those are some really kind words. Um, I already reached out to you via email like a week ago. If you did end up running this campaign, I really want to hear how that went with without any maps. Um, in my experience, I've done a couple encounters in campaigns where we didn't really have a map drawn out. I think there was like a, a foot chase on Nar Shaddaa or something like that. And it, it worked out pretty well. You um, Obviously, you have to you know forego the amount of precision that Swissy usually allows you to run an encounter with. But um. If everyone at the table is into it and, and you're using descriptive language appropriately, I think uh, I think it works quite well. What, what do you think, Sam? Uh, I do like that. And as much as Swissy is very a combat heavy system, mm-hmm. you can't forget that it's got skill challenges. Oh, yeah. And skill challenges work great for theater of the mind stuff. Literally, you can have a whole, you know, you can even do combats through skill challenges if you really wanted to. 
Yeah. And that would help. But ultimately, it's the, you don't need a map. I don't think you need a map. It no, helps, not. obviously, especially if you're using legions of enemies and stuff like that. But at that point, depending on how high level your party is, you're probably going to be using uh, what are they called? The squadron units, squad units. Uh, yeah, they're squads. Squads. Mm-hmm. You're using squads and stuff like that. Uh, if a player's like, "Hey, do I have cover?" You just say no, and then they'd be like, "Can I go get cover?" And then say, "Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much." Really that's, much. That's definitely oh. a good line of thinking. Like, you you're gonna want to obviously you have to say no, like because you're dictating the map to them with your words, but always leave options open for for like what they want to do, of course. And theater of the mind stuff plays really well to combat encounters that where the end goal isn't just kill all the stormtroopers or the end goal is like escape or grab an item or something like that. It's that really helps uh, add to it. I personally feel like theater of the mind combat encounters would play really well to starship encounters, considering that the starship scale already kind of nebulous and kind of makes things a little, um, it's definitely more imagination than it wants to be. Does that make sense, Stephen? Like, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, because when you're looking at starship encounters, there it's three dimensional space, right? But if you're yeah. using a combat map, it's a two D map. Of so course. you're already imagining quite a bit to like kind of make yeah. things, let things work out properly. So I think it's it's not that much different to just take the other step and just remove the map entirely. That's a that's a good point. And, and you know, I haven't really considered theater of the mind starship encounters, but you know, based on just the the crazy shit we see like on on screen with Star Wars, I, I think that could work it lend itself very well to uh to theater of the mind. I think that definitely has its place. Absolutely. I mean, ultimately with I don't know what your Pim, I don't know what your situation is with your players, but ultimately, you know, with all the tools that you have nowadays, roll twenty uh, tabletop sim or uh, Tailspire is another online tabletop and stuff like that. It's a lot easier to not have actual miniatures or maps or anything and just use stuff you find online and digital resources. It's really helpful. Yeah, and, and maybe another alternative to maps that I'm considering as well, Sam, you've done this. Um, you ran a skill challenge for a pod race and, you know, you had a map, but it wasn't like a, a gridded combat map like we're, we're used to talking about. It, it was, was kind of <laughs> just a it was a big open map where we were like moving tokens around to represent different phases of the race. Absolutely. And, and it was actually I did actually take one of the maps from the pod racer game and I used it. I, I like changed the tint on it to fit the planet that it was on. And I <laughs> used it uh, for the for the section. It was really good. Yeah, no, it, it worked out really well. And that was honestly a great homage to to a beloved video game that, that we all enjoyed. Um, I also I'm, ran another skill challenge entirely theater of the mind on Bespin. And you That's right, you did. We yeah. we had to we had to go through several different phases of uh we we had an encounter with Lando where we had to convince him that we were, you know, not <laughs> up to to any trouble. We had to I think we would maybe talk our way past a few different like customs officers, maybe some stormtroopers something like that. Um that was a really cool mission and you're right. We went through pretty several distinct phases and didn't even have a map for it at all. Uh and it was great. And theater of the mind play like that works well in the moment. But as we can kind of see with literally Steven just remembering it now, it's a lot easier to recall the stuff that has a visual component attached to it and it makes it more memorable in that way. And if it's something like your players aren't going to expect you're not Bob Rossing maps, you're not, you you know, you're not they're not going to expect you to do anything crazy like that. They just want you to have something that relatively lays out what the situation is 
And obviously you're there, so if they have any questions, they can ask you. Yeah, something to ground the encounter. One other example I thought of was from Pathfinder, uh, our game master for, for our P2E game. We had an encounter that was like we were scaling the side of a, of a great mountain and there was harpies coming down to, to fuck with us, basically. That was good. And that map was, yeah, really good. That map was interesting because instead of having it like look at the ground, like a flat 2D map, the, the map was like a, a representation of our vertical progress up the side of the mountain. Because uh, we were so literally we were, scaling the mountain. Yeah, yeah, we were scaling the mountain while holding off these enemies. So it was it was very interesting to to do it that way. Other systems, um, uh, Call of Cthulhu comes to mind again, but I think Pathfinder has this as well. Chase rules. There's usually rules for yeah. some sort of chase where you do something that gets you two points ahead of the person chasing you or vice versa, something like that. Uh, that's another thing I think of very easy to do that in theater of the mind. Completely. Especially because no one's going to make a map that's, you know, 60 by four, you know, like super long corridor map. And that's not fun like that. You don't want to you're literally railroading your players at that point. So just leave stuff open to interpretation. It's really helpful for both the storytelling and for your players to, you know, contribute to the story because it's collaborative storytelling ultimately. Always. And so right. that I think we mentioned in the past even was like if your player says, I, "Is there a vent?" and you just say yes, and then they just go in the vent and they do that stuff there. It, 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 reward them for ingenuity. Always. And I think theater of the mind really attributes to that as well. Uh, that email from Pim, the, the subject was more bullshit newbie questions, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I found very entertaining, Pim. But but I I didn't really consider this a newbie question at all when when I clicked on it. I was expecting you to ask me about like equipment or something. But this is this is far from a, a bullshit or a newbie question. Uh, keep them coming, Pim. I think for five for a five E group trying to get them to play Saga Edition, um. Maybe send them something if there's something fun you find online or some cool example of combat somewhere where you're like, or ooh, an RPG story on the subreddit or something cool like that. Send that to them. And if that doesn't convince them to play the system, then just hold them captive and make them play the system. <laughs> it'll work. I, if they get it depends on how familiar they are with it. If they're familiar enough to where they like Star Wars and they can't they understand some of the basics of the system from what you've told them then maybe throw them into our interview episode with uh, Lil Literalist. He has a really great story about uh, getting people into Swissy for the first time. Absolutely. Uh, one last email from our, our friend Ezekiel. He's written in before. Uh, I know you have covered multiclassing a bit in some of them, some of the episodes, I'm sure he means. But have you done an in-depth character making bit to listen to? I'm new to making characters in Saga. Ezekiel, uh, like most of these, already reached out to you, but, you know, reading it on the show. Um, I kind of wanted that to be, remember, Sam, when we built your pilot character? Yes. What was that, episode, like, 10, 9? Yeah, that was a while ago. A little bit yeah. ago. That was a great episode, and I, I really like how that ended up. And I kind of wanted that to be the, the in-depth newbie character build episode, but... Uh, something about it, I don't know, it didn't end up like that. I, it was I very much uh, a character building episode for people who know most of the mechanics in Swissy already. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I think. And we also good. built a level five character instead of a level one character. That's also a good point. Yeah. So I, I think there, there's been a couple other calls for like an, another newbie episode and we're definitely overdue. Our, our last like true like noob episode was, was quite a while ago. So I do have. I have this in my back pocket. I want to do like an in-depth, like no build, just a character building episode. Yeah. We just make, we maybe make like 
a, so- a soldier and a scoundrel and a noble and a Jedi, like one of each. Oh, hey, kind of, that's a really good idea. Yeah, definitely not this week, but maybe next week, the week after. Uh, yeah. Because you can look, the wiki's really helpful, by the way. If you've never been a side character, the wiki's great. If you have some general idea of how D20 systems and character building in those systems kind of works already, then Saga Forge is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's preferably if you have more experience in RPGs as a whole. If you're new, flat out just new to RPGs, though, definitely check out the wiki, the discord, all, all that jazz. Uh, and then I do have a sort of alternate kind of idea of character creation I want to talk about in that sort of newbie episode that we're going to end up doing. So please mm-hmm. keep an eye out for that. All right. So that sounds exciting. Uh, but yeah, the, like Sam mentioned, the character creation page on the wiki, it's called character creation. Uh, very helpful. Uh, great place to get started. Um, keep writing in. Let us know if you have any more questions about that. We, we'd love to answer them in an upcoming newbie episode. Between the intrigue and uh, a newbie episode, I think we're, we're pretty well padded out for these next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, Steven and Sam, thanking you again for listening to the Dark Times podcast. Of course, it's us. It's always us. No one it's else always, reads we, these things. No, we, no, we don't. No. <laughs> Just wanted to remind you all that uh, you can reach out to us. Any newbie questions or anything you have, reach out to us at our email, darktimesswse at gmail.com. We've got the Twitter at darktimesswse. I've got links to the subreddit, to the Discord, in the description for every episode now. It's great. We uh, look out for, I'm going to remaster our first episode, kind of, in a way that makes it sound a lot bearable, a lot more bearable compared to what we put out then. <laughs> uh, we've got the Patreon, which Stephen and and I have a lot of things planned for that you're going to hear about more in the episode. Yeah, I've been, honestly, I keep teasing that that uh, that exploration guide uh, republish, and uh, my ailments have suppressed that greatly. I wanted to have it out next month, but as we know now, my, my life changed. It might be late bit. next month. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it's, it's definitely going to be this month. I'm already halfway done with it. So uh, patrons, keep an eye out for that uh, exploration guide republishing. It looks really crisp. Sam's already seen a couple pages of it, and I'm really proud of what, what it's going to be. Awesome. Well, also, don't forget to please, you know, you can if you have Spotify mobile, you can rate us on there. You can rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts and and then there's also the Patreon in the description as well. Thank you again so much for listening from the bottom of our hearts. Steven and I really like it's incredible. The responses we've had. Our first three episodes have reached over 100 listens on them already yep, we're actually we're to, by the yeah. time this goes out we'll probably be at a thousand listens total for the whole show which is i never thought that would happen nowhere near <laughs> where i thought this show would go and you know like we keep saying this is a community podcast it's it's not just my podcast it's not just sam's podcast it's it's all of your podcasts it's it's your podcast dear listener uh so anything you want to bring to the show uh get in touch because i mean shoot have we not fe- have we like ever gotten anything and we're like ah, we're not going to feature that not really um yeah. If you know Sam Whitwer, uh, please, <laughs> please get him on the show. Uh, if you, he doesn't oh, even have yeah. to do a voice or anything. I will just have, be happy to talk to him. Or if you know someone who wants to be on the show, please le- reach out. You know, we're, we do have some community interviews in the pipeline. The first one took me a long time to edit, and it was very much like a whole day of editing. Yeah. We, so, we had a lot of fun with the interview, and it was really well received. I mean, you know, Steven's a, a super cool guy, and it was so much fun 
but it was a decent strain on our like resources to, to make that happen. So th- they're going to be a, a rare treat, and and I'm looking very much forward to the next. I one. mean, unless unless the patron the Patreon takes off, in which case, oh, then definitely it's something I could happily devote more time to, and we might even. I'm thinking about this like future down the line, it, Patreon exclusive extended interviews. Ooh, like I like, like just that. the like full, uncut. yeah, the full uncut, just like yeah. God made us interviews. <laughs> well, thank I think you this so is shaping much. up to be the longest uh, middle well, we, bit. I so feel far. like we had a lot to talk about because we've been gone that's for true. like two weeks. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, thank you so much for listening, you guys. We'll get you. We'll let you back into uh, what we've got going on. Oh, Stephen, Sam, I'm carrying Stephen. I'm carrying in this huge, this huge like hollow lift. Of oh my gosh! Credits. It's that, all it's all these just... credits. That's just over overflowing with credits. Yeah, where did you is, get this all is, this money? Uh, well, I've been saving up for a long time. I was gonna buy a farm on Dantooine, but then the Empire uh, just took seized my assets and put it towards this bounty we have. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. I mean, did did they ever find that bounty? I hear uh, they narrowed it down to like a few of them. Yeah. The, well, the problem with when droids do stuff is there's no fingerprints. So it's really oh. hard to track down. They just kind of like track down skills that certain droids have and apply it to whatever happened and see if that works, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, I see. I thought like serial numbers would come into play here, but um, it, droids don't leave serial numbers wherever they go, Stephen. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, so I, I guess we, we got to throw the, the we got to throw the wire spaghetti at the wall and see what conducts. OK, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Uh, let's see who sent us in. Who who's ratting out these these droids? A few loyal imperial citizens uh, ratted out some droids that they thought fit the description of the bounty. So, uh, Katsu, uh sent in a pretty lengthy description that I've uh, I've had to abridge for radio reasons. We're asking all loyal citizens to keep an eye out for P four CK or Pack as they call him. Belmoran Arms is offering a sizable reward for the return of P four CK, a P four series shipping droid. This droid has either gone rogue or been reprogrammed by distant elements to attack loyal Imperial workers. While the droid is unarmed and not skilled in the use of weapons, it should still be considered highly dangerous and is programmed for self-defense. Do not approach within close range of the droid. We are looking at Soldier 6, three levels of independent droid, and one level of martial arts master. And if you ask me what I thought left field was going to be when it comes to droid builds, martial arts definitely is is where I was going. <laughs> Hundred percent, um, Sam. Have you taken a good look at the build for this uh, guy? Because I've, I've gotten a few highlights that oh I just my derived gosh. from Sue's email. Um, just an insane grappler, a uh, potent combination of pincer, bone crusher, and rancor crunch. Uh, I'm told that this is a historic combo uh, known as the clamps in the community. <laughs> There's a tape dispenser, and, and for, <laughs> hold on, let me just step back for a moment. This droid is like a rogue packing droid. Like, this is the coolest stat block I, I, I think I've ever seen. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. The, this droid grabs you and tapes you up like a nice little package ready for shipping and then just drops you right on the floor. <laughs> the tape dis- I didn't realize how powerful the, the motherfucking tape dispenser was, but hear this. The tape dispenser allows the pen to be, be maintained until the mesh tape is removed. The acrobatics escape action takes a minute. So, you know, 10 combat rounds to even attempt to get out of it. It's a DC 20 strength check to remove. And you can you can attack the mesh tape, but at that point it's an intended object. And that's kind of a 
a gray area where best case, it's going to be super hard to hit. That's right up there with like disarming. That's super hard. Yeah, yeah. Though I would I would argue and I'm I'm sure Sue will argue with me on this point. I don't know if I would use the like held item reflex defense rules for trying to cut your friend out of tape. Because there's no way your friend's going to try to resist or dodge your attempts. That's fair. You'd probably get a bonus because it's a stationary and they're not attempting to resist it. Yeah, I might just keep it as low as, I don't know, a a, a very normal low reflex defense. I'm not sure if I would use the character's reflex defense because they aren't actively trying to avoid that attack. Um, But hey, you know, who knows? You could run it however you want. Um, This droid has a grapple check of plus 23. Uh, Sue very helpfully pointed out that a Rancors is plus 27 and a Vader and Vader's is plus 20. This build, the grapple's on par with Darth Vader and almost as good as a Rancor. That's insane. Between Vader and a Rancor is what we're looking at here. Steven, you, I'm looking at a list of stuff you've comprised for this build. You forgot the coolest part about this build, which is the reason that it's a soldier starting is because soldier gets the most feats and then independent droid reprograms all the soldier feats to make you a better grappler. I did notice that and I thought that sounded kind of cheesy, but (laughs) no, that's entirely how it works. You could do this. Not very, not very hard to do this in your own game back home. It's in. I've never thought about reprogramming starting feats. Somehow that's never occurred to me either. So, <laughs> hey, droids out there, those useless proficiencies you got there. That Simple is weapons proficiency. Re- Who needs it? Unarmed attacks. That is some, yeah, it's, as we all know, everyone's proficient in, in natural and unarmed attacks, uh, uh, no matter what your sheet says. Pax got Stava training, which saves uh, actions, so you can grapple and have a charge, which is incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Of course, maintaining uh, that grapple with, I believe that's pincer that allows them to do that as well. Yes. Um, Super, super nuts. Overall, ridiculously effective at neutralizing targets without causing pretty much very little to no harm. Um, I just love the idea of the party running into a a mad, rampant, rampaging, uh, packing and shipping (laughs) droid. Yeah, for sure. I just, I, I'm, I'm delighted by it. I, good God. I'm going to, can I read these stats out really quick? This like just yeah, the, go ahead. the ability scores. Yeah. 25 strength, 13 dexterity, 13 intelligence. And that's the only ones that, that you mentioned, but I think those are the ones that are important. <laughs> this is a large droid, right? It is. No, no, this one's not a large droid. It's just a fifth degree droid. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what it has is 14 base strength plus four for the degree plus one for being a Balmoran arms droid, plus two for leveling up, and then plus four for superior tech upgrade on the droid, which of is course. absolutely... I, I honestly would not rule that players can do that for themselves, because it's so strong, that superior tech upgrade for, a for like, a player. Sue, you fucking cheese master. <laughs> um, I mean... Yeah, it's those superior tech upgrades can be can be pretty sick nasty in the hands of a player. I've allowed them in my games um, for for player character droids, and it's it's like it hasn't been game breaking, but it's it's been pretty fucking close. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's 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 just crazy. Well, all right, uh, on to our our next report here. A uh, little literalist wrote in uh, snitching on Bonk B zero N K, also entitled. This is why you don't allow player characters to make a large droid. Uh, I asked, and Little Literalist answered. (laughs) Bonk was a common labor droid in charge of inventory for a distribution center. Though it was not incredibly clever, 
Bunk did its task dutifully, logging every crate and parcel that was shipped in and out. When operations expanded, more labor droids were assigned to the warehouse. Bunk became possessive, seeing these new additions as intruders into his domain. Its domain. It demolished these new droids, pulverizing them into bits of scrap. Packages began piling up, and to avoid falling behind, Bunk began logging false deliveries, despite crates still sitting on warehouse shelves. Why are now, both these droids shipping-related? <laughs> you know, I didn't realize until I was getting like into the show. Like I was setting up, up our little notes here. Two of these, two of the three submissions we're highlighting, have to do with like shipping and distribution. Oh, Which Sam, man. I think we have an excellent encounter here. <laughs> this would be these guys would work together and become like bounty hunters who are obsessed with shipping and receiving. <laughs> like we got two logistics focused droid builds that are just about <laughs> kicking ass and like, gosh, I mean, game masters, send your players to the the nearest imperial shipping and receiving center. They might have some malfunctioning logistics droids to deal with. Because holy crap, I'm. I'm obsessed with this Amazon warehouse encounter. Uh, during combat, it says Bonk is a capable of making devastating claw attacks, grappling PCs with pin and crush, and throwing around crates larger than its own size. Uh, another Long. another grapple build. However, let me read out the level the levels on this one. It, it is grappling is like a thing this build can do well, but is not the main focus. We'll we'll talk on that in a sec. Let's you get let's get the levels here. We got Soldier yeah. Seven, Independent Droid One. Jedi one, <laughs> elite trooper one. <laughs> when I saw that Jedi one, I was like, "Oh, of course!" I love um, it. I love it. The well, Jedi multi class also... droid is such a cool, near and dear to my heart. It's, you're never doing that at my table. <laughs> it's okay. I don't take. I I don't take uh, uh, force sensitivity. It's okay. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's okay. It doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'd allow it if you were like a. Jedi Academy slash Jedi Temple training. Oh, absolutely. Much, yeah. Uh, Lilithrilis also adds the PCs might encounter Bonk when they order an item and it doesn't show up, prompting them to go investigate the supply chain. Or perhaps the anomaly at the warehouse is noticed by the company and Bonk's distant supervisors would send the heroes to investigate after an initial investigator fails to report back in. Well, all right, <laughs> let's get into the nitty gritty of this. I've got some highlights here that Lilithrilis uh, supplied himself. It's got a 28 strength score. That's a plus nine bonus. This is a large droid. It deals strength bonus to enemies, even if it misses them. That's unrelenting assault. And deals strength bonus to adjacent enemies at the beginning of their turn. That's whirling death. <laughs> I didn't know about whirling death until today. Uh, that's on the um, brawler talent tree, I think. Whirling uh, it's death. super, super neat talent. Oh, man. Or sorry. No, that's the melee specialist talent tree. That that's makes elite sense. Trooper only. Yeah. Pretty freaking cool. I didn't really know Elite Trooper had excellent um, melee options. Oh, absolutely. Oh, something, something to keep in mind. Uh, can throw huge sized objects up to 18 squares away with load launcher, mighty throw and improvised thrown <laughs> weapons. Literalist kind of goes on about this in his email, but pretty much depending on how you run it, that's 8d6 plus 14 damage from <laughs> chucking a huge sized object. Oh, Giant man. cargo crate right in your face. Why not? Can maintain grapples as a swift action. That's pincer like we talked about in the last build. And can inflict persisting conditions with a special melee action that's Slammer. Is Slammer, I think Slammer's a droid only uh, yes, talent, indeed. am I right? You are correct. Boom. You know, I just play the game sometimes. <laughs> droid only feet. Yes, droid only feet. Said, Damn it! Yeah, I said talent. Yeah. Uh, well, it's all the same. <laughs> uh, so it's not. it took Jedi to get move light object, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Obviously not. It took Jedi just to get a talent. 
but also has weapon proficiency lightsaber. Uh, the, that could be reprogrammed. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's just suggest Bone Crusher, Mechanical Martial Arts, Rapid Strike, or Toughness. All so wait. Choices, I think. Oh, because when you take a first level in a in a heroic class, you get a talent with it, don't you? Yes, yes, you do. So specifically, it took Jedi to get another fifth degree droid talent. I think it's an interesting <laughs> choice, maybe for the BAB. I'm not. I'm oh, not the sure defenses. Why. The defenses might be higher. You get the higher defenses. Oh, to round out the defenses, that would make sense. I think Jedi's got plus two to reflex versus uh, other stuff. Probably. Uh, I think it's the will defense. The will defense. Probably what they're after there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow, that's, that's incredible. Uh, uh, it's got a mesh tape dispenser, hey. <laughs> apparently a staple in the... Well, no, it's a tape, actually. No, a tape, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, he lists its weaknesses as relatively low HP, uh, short but lethal fight. It's got a shield generator. You can give it a shield generator to make it last longer, and a specialized sub-processor dedicated to endurance checks. It is also strong enough to have hardened systems times two installed without encumbering it. Because you got to worry about the encumbrance with the hardened systems. They do weigh a lot. Uh, it's heavy shit. It's a large-sized droid rampaging around a warehouse, throwing huge-sized crates at PC, pinning one PC in one claw while punches another with the other claw. PCs take damage from even being near it. What's not to love? Uh, Steve and I happen to agree wholeheartedly. Oh, holy shit, that is an incredible build. It just drives home how crazy droid builds can be when you're like, oh, actually, yeah, I can reprogram... <laughs> All my starting feats to be other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that mesh tape dispenser apparently coming in clutch to for, yeah, for these builds. Apparently one of the most powerful options for pinning in the game. I, mean, I had no idea. Um, I mean, I feel like that we need to talk about the secret goodness of the fire extinguisher here pretty soon. Because that's a, <laughs> that's a well-kept secret. Do you know about that? No. What's the fire oh, extinguisher? Let, let me, okay, let me hold on. Just a quick aside. I got to feature the fire extinguisher. For in our build contest. Like, yeah. No, everyone needs to know about the fire extinguisher. So this is just the general equipment that I've often looked over because I feel like I know what a fire extinguisher is supposed to do. But but hear this. 50 credits, 3 kilograms. A full round blast from this tool produces a chemical cloud that provides total concealment. Those inside the cloud can't see targets outside the cloud, and those outside the cloud cannot see targets inside. The cloud spreads one square in all directions for every round it is activated and dissipates after three rounds no matter how large the cloud. Each full round blast depletes only one-tenth of the fire extinguisher's chemical supply. For its intended use, the extinguisher can put out a fire of 10 squares of size at a rate of one square per round before it's depleted. Wait, so you're telling me I can give myself instant total concealment? Yes, I'm telling you that for 50 credits and for 3 kilograms, you can carry an item that is like a smoke grenade, but better. Are there smoke grenades in SAGA edition? Absolutely, there's smoke grenades. How do those? Saga how do those? Um, Saga handle? edition. Sorry, how do those handle? <laughs> Let's see. Smoke grenade produces a cloud of obscuring fog that blocks sight. Smoke grenades come in a variety of colors, making them useful as a signaling method to make aerial attacks and call for evacuation. Smoke grenades fill a two square burst radius with thick smoke. Oh, that provides concealment, but not, not total, total concealment. concealment. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> and smoke uh, smoke grenades are tiny, cost 100 credits apiece, and only weigh half a kilogram, and they're restricted. They're not common items like the fire extinguisher. Uh, smoke grenades also provide uh, create smoke in the, in the area as a hazard, which is really cool. Oh, yes, that is neat. The so smoke does take you down the condition track if you lose the attack against your forward defense. The plus four attack against yeah, your forward defense. Yeah, I mean, it's defense. not that much, but still, <laughs> minus one step on the condition track is pretty good. 
It is. Uh, but yeah, compared to the fire extinguisher, the fire extinguisher is giving you that total concealment, which is just nuts. I mean, total concealment. Yeah, total concealment. If you're trying to attack a target with total concealment, you could take a minus five penalty on your attack roll. And you can't take attacks of opportunity against an opponent with total concealment. And you get a minus 10 penalty to notice targets with total concealment. Oh, Steven, I'm getting another uh, communique in about another droid. Oh, oh, we got another one? Yeah, we got, um, it's from a dear, our, our dear listener and uh, submission, past submitter in the past, Aero. Oh, oh hey, Iro? Aero? I, I don't recall the pronunciation. I think it was Aero. Aero? A-I-R-O? Aero? Iro? Iro, maybe. Um, Iro sent us a droid called W3LDY or Weldy for short. Which oh, I, this is just delightful. I love. Oh, man. Fifth degree droid. They're great for that strength bonus. Uh, we're looking Certainly. at Noble One, <laughs> Soldier Six, Scoundrel One, Independent Droid One, and Saboteur One. Now, Steven, I think last time we talked about how great the Saboteur class is, didn't we? That's true. We did. We did. <laughs> Um, ah, man, we're looking at power hammer. <laughs> oh, oh, well, he's got a power hammer. Well, he's got a power hammer. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, Arrow says while charging, he can attack at plus 18, doing 3d 12 plus 33 damage on a hit or 27 damage on a miss using power surge and a heavy duty uh, actuators unrelenting assault. On a hit, minus five to attack rolls of the enemy versus self due to make an example. If he passes the damage threshold, the enemy suffers minus two of the condition track. In addition, with uh, with maniacal charge, you can scare enemies in order to avoid attack opportunities that have targets flat-footed. Charge a maximum distance of 24 squares, activating power surge and burst of speed and charge. So, <laughs> that's incredible! <laughs> wow. Finally, Arrow says... With his fight, with its fantastic high-speed cutting torch and welder accessory, not even blast-proof doors can save you from his fury. <laughs> There's an encoded binary message included with this transmission too. I, I went ahead and decoded it. You want me to read it? Out <laughs> yeah, loud? let's hear it. Cool, cool, cool. My name is Weldy, and I was a simple labor droid in charge of mining operations and welding repairment during my time on the spaceship Leviathan during the Mandalorian Wars. The Mandalorian spy, Mel Cortrell, was working as a droid technician for the Republic. Reprogrammed some of my friend's ASP labor droid in order to kill Lieutenant Tanith Sorn that have become suspicious. A group of so-called heroes was put in charge of the investigation. Unfortunately, they had an encounter with my friends that I have been deactivated. After that, these heroes have gone on to battle. I was very unhappy of this outcome, therefore I decided that I had to revenge my friend. I tried to follow these people during their landing on planet Alderaan. Or sorry. Onderon, where they battled the Mandalorians. Again, I didn't have Fortune's favor because they had been captured. These Mandalorian people have tried to steal my revenge, but as true as my name is Weldy, I cannot accept that. With my <laughs> beloved power hammer, I decided to charge any Mandalorian that stood in my way till I reached the cell where my enemies were kept. My high-speed cutting torch and welder could easily destroy their prison. My revenge was near. But it seems that this galaxy has no mercy for a simple labor droid. An orbital bombardment took me by surprise, <laughs> and my objectives once again could run away from me. After some Mandalorian people repaired me, and I thanked them with my hammer, 
I have started to wander <laughs> from planet to planet, trying to find again these people and finally have revenge for my friends. Oh, I, I actually like this. I like the story a lot. This is a, this is a cute little story. Wow, that was that was excellent. He's also got, uh, I'm not mentioned above, but he's got SR-15 shield generator, which is pretty hey. good. Well, Stephen, the Empire is has, they've narrowed down, sort of, we're just highlighting some of the most dangerous out there of these independent yeah. droid builds that we were looking for. But our dear patrons will be able to do the final decision and vote on this bounty. And so what we're going to do is we're going to put all the builds on the Patreon and also put a poll on there. For, so by next Sunday, they yep. will be uh, all voted on. and We'll have a, a true winner for who is yep. the most dangerous level 10 independent droid out there, I guess. Patrons will be able to vote uh, up until uh, that. That's like Sam said, next Sunday, that's uh, February the 20th. Steven, thank you for, you know, thanks for putting out that bounty with us. And Oh, hey, you know, I love bringing uh, enemies of the Empire to justice. Absolutely, you do. I mean, on, who doesn't, by the way? <laughs> we've got some we've got some more stuff in the pipeline for you guys, like another. Um, there's going to be another build contest soon, obviously. Yeah, but we please, have lots of fun with this one. Feel free to check out that Patreon for doing the to participate in the voting. I have another piece of trivia for us this week, Stephen. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I love these little trivia bits. Uh, you know the scene in Return of the Jedi where Luke and Leia talk about how they're siblings, actually? Yeah. Anthony Daniels, the actor for C-3PO, is asleep mm-hmm. inside the tree behind them in that scene. <laughs> no way, like, really? while they were recording. Yeah, he sat down and just kind of, like, fell asleep inside the tree there, and... They recorded the whole scene with him asleep in the tree and no one knew he was in there until afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I I'm so like, it's so funny that I found that out. I was just like, yes, yeah, Steven's going to love this one. <laughs> oh, that is a really funny one. Sleepy Anthony Daniels. I know, thank right? you so much. Thank you to Anthony Daniels and thank you to listeners uh, for joining us again this week. We appreciate you putting up with us for missing out last week. We're definitely going to try and keep it more concise again. It's, you know, things happen oh, yeah. in the world. It's kind of hard to control. Check out the Patreon in the description. We're going to be doing more stuff on there. Steven and I are talking about getting some stickers out, maybe. We, yeah, yeah. We're, Let us know if you guys want stickers. Steven's pretty proud of the logo that he made, and I'm pretty proud of him for it. So <laughs> Aww, thank you. So we got that. Um, you can reach out to us on through email at uh, darktimesswse at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on, on Twitter at darktimesswse. The show is produced and edited by me, Sam. Steven is my co-host. Steven, do you have a quote for us this week? Have I done lumin- Luminous Beings? Yes, you did. That was the first one you did. That was the first quote you did. I've got that's one. What I I've got one. Okay. No, really? Yeah, I've got a quote. Can you way. give it to me? Because it's like my thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. I'm a person. My name's Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cannot do that. <laughs> have a good night, everybody. See ya. Have a good night. Oh, man. That was so funny. I am a slave like my father before me. (laughs) I gotta reset my toolbars. Hold on. Not your toolbars.